Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources. This is Scott Simpson and Taylor Morgan filling in for uh, Boyd, who's out for the day. What um, is Boyd doing today? Do we know where Boyd is? Well, I, I'm told that he's not feeling well. He, oh. You know, they take they take things like sore throats pretty seriously here in the radio business, and I think that's probably <laughs> Boyd. Uh, we hope you get better soon. No doubt about it. Or uh, you're enjoying the day on the lake, whichever one. Whichever <laughs> no judgment one here. You know, it, this is a it's just a sobering um, news story. Crime of any sort is sad. Um, you know, there are some that actually strike to the heart of of a national um, sort of self-determination, right? The, the, mm-hmm. the guts of a national culture. And I think that our listeners should – and it's intuitive for most people. We've experienced this, losing our leaders here in this country and what that's meant sort of historically in, in, in the minds and hearts of the citizenry. But th- this – the way this happened um, in in Japan relative to its culture, I think, is just especially um, traumatic for that yeah. for them. Yeah, I I am also feeling. I think what you're feeling, and perhaps what a lot of our listeners uh, are feeling in response to this news, that former Prime Minister of Japan Shinzo Abe was shot, assassinated, and he has since died. And I, I mean, I have to be honest here that I've become a little bit numb to the constant stream of reports about gun violence in our country. But when I saw the news alerts about former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe Abe having been shot and later dying, I was genuinely surprised and shocked because this kind of an event is so rare, almost unheard of in Japan. Yeah, it is. And I... um... I lived there this 30 years ago, but I, I served a church mission there. Uh, mm-hmm. I was in um, a little further southwest than than this prefecture where this assassination occurred. But uh, it's and, – and I think having some insight into the way um, crime exists in a culture like that and the way citizens sort of evaluate and in, engage with each other uh, in, in such a compact place that's part of what i think people need to appreciate is you know japan has roughly the pop, half the population of the united states and it's crammed into kind of california yeah um, geographically you know, it's much smaller very very compact and so it, that that results in sort of a an interesting sort of cultural um persona yeah that, yeah. that i think drives this reaction and and it allows us i think to maybe reflect on our own culture a little bit as it relates to this right in my so my understanding is that in japan the needs and desires the good of the collective of society is the top priority whereas in contrast here in the united states our ethos and our political culture 
uh, at least from my perspective, would tend to place the individual over the collective, right? Yep. That just kind of goes Absolutely. back to our history, our founding, who we are. So this contrast, I think, is so interesting. We have with us now someone who has more expertise on on Japan and the culture and, and the politics there. We have Aaron Starks, the vice president uh, of global business services for the World Trade Center Utah with us now joining this show to, to help us process and talk through uh, this this news that former president or sorry, former uh, Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has been assassinated and has died. Aaron, welcome to the show. What? How are you reacting to this news? Well, Scott and Taylor, great to be with you. Um, you know, as I as I think through this, you know, the, the we're talking about the use of a gun in a nation that reportedly had just one shooting homicide in 2021. Japan has among the most strict gun laws worldwide, and so. Um, making this further hard to believe, this happened in a, a place of worship, a, a place of serene beauty, um, one of the former capitals of the country in Nara, Japan. Um, in fact, my family and I were just there in 2016. My my kids literally walked where uh, where Shinzo Abe was shot, and so it's it's particularly sobering for us as the families have woken up and seen this and. And, and what a what a strong presence he was for Japan. Um, I, I just my heart goes out to the people of Japan, and really all of us. Um, you know, he was a great ally to the U.S. He was abnormally close to Donald Trump. He, as we look at a lot of our policy as it relates to China and trade and and how we positioned ourselves in in the Indo Pacific, a lot of that came from Shinzo Abe's relationship with us and his. And his constant advocacy for America, and so this is, uh, I mean, this there's a lot of implications, and again, political assassinations are, are rare these days. Yeah, and Aaron, I, you know, I've you and I have talked about this country. We've sort of shared a little bit of an experience, but you spent far more time there working in the country. The average, the the average Japanese citizen, this is sort of an unimaginable event. Mm. Like they. I, I don't think they can even wrap their mind around it, right? You know, it's it, – <laughs> so, yeah, here's, here's what – I mean, it's so abnormal that Tetsuya Yamagami, the shooter, he had to go and make his own gun to make this a possibility. Yeah, because I, you Aaron, I was going to ask – I sorry to cut you off, but this – I mean – there are guns in Japan illegally, right? You, you. It is not legal to own a firearm in Japan, right? Yeah, they, you can hunt. There's shotguns and rifles, but the process to be permitted to do that is extraordinary. Okay, okay. including not just background checks. They do home visit, home visits. You have to prove storage capacity. So it is extremely limited. And this this act was committed not with a one of those, but it was a homemade gun of some kind. Is that right? Yeah, we don't. We aren't sure what the implications were, or, or I should say, what the intentions were by by uh, Yamagami. But we do know that after further investigation, there were more modified modified guns, handmade guns found at his home. Um, and he's a young guy. I mean, you, you think about the Japanese population; um, almost half of the population is sixty or older. I mean, they, they've got mm. some problems that relate to to uh, um, you know their their uh, their ability to. To, to incentivize population growth. But this is a young guy, 41, lives in Nada. We're not sure why he did this, but they, they go to his home. 
They find that there are more firearms, no handguns. Handguns are completely illegal in Japan, as you said, Taylor. But there's a lot of air rifles. There's a lot of shotguns that, that we don't know where he's sourced, but he's modified. So, you know, and, and if you look at the motive, look, Prime Minister Abe, he was a presence. He was a strong leader. His whole mission was to make Japan a viable trading partner with the West. He wanted to bring the country what, from, from what he felt like was obscurity. Um, and he wanted to be a presence. And, uh, and so naturally, you're going to attract a lot of fans. You're going to attract a lot of criticism. And unfortunately, it's just a devastating event that has uh, concluded this, this, uh, this political hero. I would call him a political hero to the Japanese, mm. his, uh, his time here. Now, Aaron, uh, in the one minute or so that we have left, what do you think becomes of this in this country? You know, there are those that are, you know, this, this was a gun, but it wasn't really a gun. Um, does this be, do you do you see a one to one relationship that allows us to use this event as some sort of gun control conversation over here? Well, I sure hope this isn't the event that takes us to a conversation about better gun management. I mean, for for too long we have suffered loss the, the loss of children and teachers, and uh, I mean there are there are far too many domestic gun violence cases here in the U S for us to finally just be catching on here. But I, but I do think that it adds on to the momentum of the conversation already taking place um, nationally. And and that is, and we're already seeing it. I mean, in America right now to get a bipartisan effort passed is, is historic in and of itself, but we're seeing that because look, we love our second amendment rights um, here in Utah. And, but from the Utah perspective, I think a lot of us are saying, how do we maintain those those uh, rights that we love and and uh, were given to us while on it while while also being pragmatic and having a healthier discussion about the use and the purchase of of guns? Yeah. Um, and so, yes, I just think this furthers momentum and and I think there are good things to look forward to ahead from the policy perspective. Yeah, Aaron Starks, uh, Vice President of Global Business Services for World Trade Center Utah. We thank you so much for joining inside sources today to to share your reaction to this breaking news that former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has been assassinated and has died. So we it's certainly a truly a tragedy. Uh, many in shock and surprised by this news. We're all deeply saddened. We thank you for your for your time and reaction today. You know, uh, there are politicians in this country that um, want to regulate everything. And it's even coming down to our cell phone chargers. Say what? Yeah. Just, yeah, we're going to talk about whether or not the European action relative to restricting us to just one kind of charger for our electronic devices is a good thing or not after the break. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.